the question that popped up in my mind is like, why do we feel like we have to lie? Why do we feel like we can't tell the truth? Yeah. Why do we feel like we can't tell our truth? Yeah. And what's lacking in a corporate system or a business environment where we don't feel safe enough to tell the truth? Another episode of Live Your Truth Now. I am Mike. I am Katie. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. We're here. We're live, (laughs) breathing. With a pretty juicy topic. Yeah, very juicy topic. For those of you that maybe did not catch last week's episode or the episode before that, I highly encourage you guys to check out actually Nanavati's episode about the demonization of fear and our good friend, Anthony Balduzzi, who came on to share narratives around healthy mothers and fathers, which we found, I actually found that a pretty interesting episode, specifically just, well, I guess just to segue into a perfect talk, the lies we tell ourselves specifically with getting in shape and all the wonderful reasons that we tell ourselves not to get in shape instead of just going to the gym or doing things to get in shape. So with that being said, Katie, this is Katie's topic, everybody. Katie told me that she wanted to do something on this, and I fully 100% agreed. And so today we are going to be talking about the one thing that everybody does, and you guys know who I'm talking to out there. I mean everybody, including me and Katie. Lying. Yep. We're talking about lying today, and we're going to talk about why we do it and the neuroscience and why we keep doing it, even though we know it's bad. And Katie, as brilliant as she is, is going to tell us the exact reasons why we keep doing it and how we can stop doing it. And even if we wanted to stop doing it, we keep doing it anyway. So with that being said, Katie D'Andrea, <laughs> here we go. I hope you all nervously giggled and looked around and were wondering if anyone else knew that you were listening to this episode. Yeah, right. Because with lying comes a lot of shame. Yeah. Is what I've discovered. Shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. Blame, shame and guilt. Everyone's yes. favorite flavors of suffering. Yeah, I know. Oh gosh, where do we begin? I mean, everyone lies, as Mike said. Like, there yeah. isn't a day where you don't lie, where I don't lie, where Mike doesn't lie. And I'll get into some statistics later on in the conversation, which I found absolutely fascinating. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out. I, <laughs> I do not lie. You just lied about lying. No. You lied about lying. That's erroneous on all accounts. I'm just kidding. No. Okay. I have told a fib once in my lifetime. No, that's even a lie too. See, I did it again. No, but I will say this, Katie, it's something really interesting. You sent me an article on Forbes. And first of all, the one line that stuck out to me was that lying is simply a condition of life. And this was done by Bella DiPaolo, who's a psychologist at the University of Virginia. And in her research, she actually found that both men and women lie in approximately a fifth of their social exchanges, I'm reading this from the article, everybody, lasting 10 or more minutes. And then over the course of a week, we deceive about 30% of people we have one-on-one interactions with. Katie, your thoughts on that? Mm. We lie for so many different reasons. I think lying is an adaptive strategy. We lie to save face. We lie to avoid hurting other people's feelings. We lie to impress others. We lied to get out of our responsibility. We lied to, I guess, fit in better as a social lubricant. We lied to prevent conflict. We lied to get out of work. We lied to look good and avoid looking bad is essentially what it boils down to. And so in this conversation, I was really excited to dive into this because we, we deem lying sort of this like moral ineptitude that we're morally faulted. 
And what I've discovered is that it really is an adaptive strategy. Like our whole mission as human beings is to survive and fit in with the tribe because if you do that, you have less risk of dying. And so when I found this article that Mike was just talking about in Forbes about how often people lie and how women versus men lie, I found that also fascinating. Yeah. In my research, I found that men and women lie about totally different things. Women lie and they tell altruistic lies to avoid hurting other people's feelings. And men lie about themselves. Men lie to impress their friends, their possible mates, their current mates. Um, And so I found that so interesting because like, why do we Mm -hmm. lie? Like women lie to take care of and like embrace our divine feminine and nurture, right? Not telling the truth we think is something that uh, prevents us from hurting the other person and thereby protecting them from something. And men lie to prevent themselves from not looking good enough. Yep, that's 100%. Because in their divine masculine, they are the protector. They are the hunter. They are the one that yields results. And so if we're not good enough, we can't look good enough. We don't show up in a way that we are in our strength and in our confidence. We're going to be ignored. We're going to be kicked out of the tribe. I started thinking about, like, what do I lie about every day? And for me, it mostly is to make people feel better about themselves. It's like, why does truth hurt? Like, hey, Lizzo. You are so cold. You are such a cold person. No, I'm just kidding. Something to think about too is just for men. If you're not a guy, it, you know, if you're not a guy, it's it's hard for you guys to understand. It's hard for anybody else to truly understand the male ego. It is it is a sum of a bitch. It really is. It It will make you feel like you can just go around and push you know, flip over cars and like stick out your chest and be like animalistic and primal. And it can also make you just overcompensate clearly in any situation, especially with people you're romantically interested in. It can also make you feel like that you have to prove something too. So that also becomes like the lying mechanism piece, right? So, you know, if you're at a bar and I'll just use a real world example, let's say you're a guy at a bar and you're trying to prove something, you've had a you know, shitty week and you get a couple drinks in you and you can start looking around the bar and you want to go start a fight with a guy. We've all seen that. We've all been to bars. Happens all the time. That's it. That's like the male ego bravado stuff that comes up and dudes have this happen to them so much. They're like, I'm just, I'm just going to get crazy tonight. I'm going to beat that dude's ass. And we have no idea why we do it. We just like pick fights. And it's also lies that we tell ourselves specifically with the fact that like we need to go out and go start a fight or be involved in a fight or kick someone's ass as a mechanism for us to resolve resolve any sort of conflict that we have as well. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting about this article as well is there's actually these three key parts of the brain specifically with this. And so going back to this article, the first one was the frontal lobe, which has the ability to suppress the truth. So what was really crazy was, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I am not a neuropsychologist and I have I love neuroscience, but I am not qualified or certified to give any sort of medical advice or whatever. But my question is, is that does the frontal lobe also the place that we tell the truth? Is that, isn't that where judgment comes from too, in that same spot? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. cool. So when we lie, it takes an absorbent amount of energy. Got it. Which that was the, another insight I had when I was doing this research. I was like, why can't we just tell the truth? It's easier on our brain. It takes less energy. It produces less cortisol which is our stress response. And so why like, why the hell are we so addicted to lying, right? And so what I was discovering and what I was thinking about and meditating on was 
If our ego's responsibility is to keep us safe and to live us into certainty and to always be right, lying is a way to guarantee or almost like place a bet on a likely probable outcome. So if we lie, we create the course of the future that is more in our favor, right? Like, sorry, boss, I'm sick. I don't want to come to work. Oh, that that was in the article. That was in the mm-hmm. article at the bottom. We should talk about that too. Mm-hmm. That was good. So the outcome that you're wanting to get is not going to work, but it's easier to lie and get that guaranteed outcome because she's not, you know, he or she's not going to call you on your BS and say, uh, I'm pretty sure you're not sick in, let's say, a pandemic, right? And the converse to that is saying that you don't want to come to work because you just don't want to come to work. Like chances are your boss would be like, get the fuck over it and show up to work. Yeah, exactly. So lying is a way to be able to dictate the flow and the outcome of a given situation. And then the second thing with this was the amygdala. Did I say that? The amygdala, Mm -hmm. the limbic system due to the anxiety, high amygdala parentheses that comes with deception. And yes, when we're lied to our quote, Spider-Man sense here can perk up just as we can feel guilty, stressed when we're doing the lying. So I'm understanding that there's actually when the ability to suppress the truth comes from the frontal lobe, and then this limbic system part actually creates deception within that, or actually there's like anxiety or deception built up with that lie once the suppression of the truth comes in. Is that correct? Because mm-hmm. stressful. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. And then the third part for all of this, when we stimulate when there is a lie, is the temporal lobe is involved because it's responsible for retrieving memories and creating mental imagery. So I actually found this one really fascinating because the moment we tell a lie and then we have some sort of deception or feeling around it, this part comes in and says, oh, by the way, I can actually create this to be part of your reality, your truth. So then it almost becomes, it's like you create the lie, you know, you're lying. And then your brain is kind of like, oh, are you sure you want to believe that? Oh, are you sure you want to say that? The second part. And then the third part's like, cool, man, let's create like a total neural pathway. And like, that's your story now. So then you are almost like, once you lie, that's, you don't even think it's a lie anymore. Even though you consciously started out with a lie, it now becomes an actual like uh, lens that you're filtering things through or it's a reality for yourself. Mm-hmm. Which isn't too different from the art of manifestation. Yeah. Right? Like imagining a likely, you know, a future possible world that you want to live into that isn't grounded in the here and now, but is a possibility is a form of, I don't want to say lying, it's not the right word choice, but imagining a future possible reality. So when you lie in your mind, you're creating that for yourself. When you lie, you're creating a world in which that could be a likely possible outcome. Mike, you look fantastic in that shirt. Thank you. There is a world in which you look could look fantastic in that shirt, but maybe I hate that shirt, right? Yeah, maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know. Looks pretty cool to me today. Well, thanks. Well, and it's interesting, Katie, to to talk about the lying pieces too. And I think this is just important to tell our audience specifically that we're not saying lying is a bad thing. Like there's been no negative context. There's been negative situations or context that we've actually brought up to say like why we lie. But if you really think about it, if you you walk into your bathroom and you look in the mirror and you give yourself a self-affirmation, like I have a million dollars. If you were to examine that, you know, if you talk about the abundance piece of it, right? So, you know, what they tell you, like, if you want to receive abundance or, you know, financial money, some of the money experts talk about this. It's like, you have to have a relationship with an envision that that money is already there for you. So common practice in terms of self-affirmations is that you look yourself in the mirror or you start saying like, I am so thankful to get a million dollars today. 
And 99.9% of the time, you're not going to get a million dollars in your hand. You may get it at some point if you keep saying it to yourself because there's some programming gone in there. And which, by the way, we'll probably do an episode, I'm sure, on manifestation at some point. But when we go back to the actual lying piece, essentially we're lying to ourselves when it comes to that. Because we're saying like we're getting a million dollars today. And if you were to examine what the truth is and what the actual facts are in reality, chances are you're not going to have a million dollars in your hand. But you're going to say the same thing tomorrow. And then you're going to do it again and again in hopes that you get that. So according to these like three parts, we can use lying as a positive as opposed to just putting a negative connotation on the fact that we're telling lies to impress, you know, men impressing women, women impressing men, talking about specifically with pressing each other in terms of like work and, you know, kind of like peacocking, they call it you know, in the workplace specifically where you're, you know, or you, if you're posturing, you, posturing is another one. Clubhouse is like a great place where you see that a lot of people are getting on there and talking about, you know, how all the crap that they've done and trying to peacock a little bit. I've done it too. You know, you're trying to get out there. You got five, you know, you got maybe 30 seconds to a minute to try to show, showcase how good you are. Um, it happens all over the place. So spe speaking of lying, mm -hmm. you were talking about this earlier with work. And there's a study in here, I want to share this with you, that according to Zeti's research, and this was from 2020, of over 1,000 Americans, this is crazy to me. This was like, this is like freaking nuts. Over 1,000 Americans in this study, they found 96% confessed to lying to get out of work. Tell me how that sits with you when you just hear that right now. Because to me, I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. The question that popped up in my mind is like, why do we feel like we have to lie? Why do we feel like we can't tell the truth? Yeah. Why do we feel like we can't tell our truth? Yeah. And what's lacking in a corporate system or a business environment where we don't feel safe enough to tell the truth. And like, that's why I love being a strategy consultant and working on a lot of organizations culture is because trust is a thing that is lacking in so many different corporate environments. Absolutely. Right. And so with my boss, Chris Jopiak, if I'm having a day, I'm like, I'm, I'm having a day. I can't show up. I'm not feeling myself. I don't feel like I, I don't, I don't want to come to work, but because we have such a strong basis of trust and truth telling, uh, she acknowledges me and I don't feel like I have to lie and tell her that I'm sick yeah. or that I have another meeting or X, Y, and Z endless list of lies ensues. But we have a foundation of trust where I feel seen and heard and vice versa. And I think that's a big thing with lying is that we lie because we want to be safe. We lie because we want to, as I said before, look good and avoid looking bad. And so the, the interesting thing about lying is that it's all about the intention behind the lie. Just as you were saying, Mike, when we're manifesting, yeah, we are lying to ourselves, yeah. kind of. If you want to use that word choice, like every morning when I visualize my future possible life, it's it's a possibility. I wouldn't say it's lying, but it's different than what today is. I, I mean, look, I'm okay with lying to myself about that. Like, I'm okay yeah. to tell myself, you know? And like, what's the outcome of the lies? I think what's really important. Right, exactly. Like, what's the intention and what's the outcome? Is the intention and is the intention to be malicious and to hurt someone? Okay, check your morals. Yep, absolutely. Right? But if the intention is to create harmony and peace and build another person up, I mean, there's another way to say that shirt looks bad on you is like, I really love the, the green shirt on you. Mike. What? I think man, why you got to pick on my shirt today, man? Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> if only y'all could see Mike's shirt. Well, and an interesting question, and, and I just wanted to jump in here. You said something about trust and relationship with your current boss, Chris, and 
question that popped up for me, I want to ask you, well, because of this trust, would you ever tell her that you didn't feel like showing up to work today? Because that it would be a truth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And how would she respond yeah. to that? She would ask me what's going on. Like, how can I support you? Like what's See, that's showing up in your space? But that's yeah. been two years of being in, being in a relationship where we challenge ourselves to be as vulnerable and truthful and authentic as possible. And I acknowledge mm. that that's not a thing that, that's not a condition that most people experience at work, at least not, not as a blanket statement. Maybe there's a couple people, maybe it's a colleague, maybe it's your manager, maybe it's someone that you manage, but that trust is essential to being able to feel safe, to show up authentically like that. Yeah. Because we're conditioned to yeah, not. Totally. We're conditioned to look perfect, to be mature, to yeah. get your shit done, to be a contributing factor to the uh, company's bottom line. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, I think if, if what I think where you saw really kind of fractured fractures in the trust relationship between companies and their employees was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think that's where you really saw people that felt the corporate safety net of the stable job, right? Or some sort of like worked at a good company, like life was good, I'm taken care of. And then COVID comes in and wipes everything out. We've talked about how COVID is this year. It was the year that people really saw the the flaws and the brokenness in a lot of our systems. Saw a lot of the, then it was all across the board. It was everything from work and like our inter interpersonal relationships. And again, we'll probably talk about that later down the line, specifically with an episode. What I found like speaking of just like trust between like companies and also their employees as well. And that you think this is a, in correlation to uh, employee happiness. When we talk about actually like, are people really like fucking happy at their jobs? I would probably just right now, I'm just, my answer is no. Most people are not happy at their jobs. And this was crazy because in this study, for everybody listening, in this study, the most common lies used was feeling sick, which was 84% of the studies. Well, it was 84% of the study actually. Um, and that one was like, a, that's a dead giveaway. I would have probably said that. You just say you're sick. No one's going to really question you on it and they'll kind of excuse you for the day. Or you just don't show up. Family emergencies were 65%. Another one that like not going to get poked and prodded. They're not going to be like, oh, what's going on? Is like dad or mom okay? And usually if they do, it's like a very like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Doctor's appointment. I actually probably, if, out of all of those three lies, I'd probably use the doctor's appointment. You know, at least that would be my choice. But this Even one was telehealth is the industry that has been the one right. that has grown the most during COVID. I, I know, right, right, today. exactly, right, exactly. Sorry. I'd be like, I can't work today. I have a thirty-minute <laughs> tele telehealth call. Excuse uh, me, <laughs> I gotta go in. Yeah, <laughs> possibly get COVID. <laughs> but what's crazy about all of these stats, and I haven't said this yet, but this is the one that like stuck out to me that I was like baffled by. So the last common lie in the the most common ones, and they list four is lying about a family member's death was 31%. <laughs> like, you got to have horrible. some, you know. That you're is like, bad listen. manifestation right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's real bad. But, you know. Bad it's, juju. Don't lie about you that. Gotta have, you got to have some, like, t like, intestinal fortitude to be able to conjure up and sit there and tell your boss, hey, somebody in my family died. And, and you know damn well. obituary. <laughs> yeah, and you know damn well they're still alive. I would actually be curious how many people said it was like somebody really close to them, like uh, like mom, dad, or like grandparent, like somebody that like knowing that they were still alive, and then like Christmas comes around, and you still have that. 
<laughs> we I hope still it's like the... a fake, ex- like you know, second yeah. aunt of some sort. Oh like... god, it's so it's so crazy. It's so wild to me. Sorry, I digress. Everybody, yeah. we're gonna get back on track here. We lie because we think we can get away with it, and so, like when I'm called on my lie, oh god, what a terrible feeling. Yeah. And I'm like, if I just told the truth in the first place, I wouldn't have to deal with this blame, shame, guilt, reputation damage. Yeah. Like it, because it costs our brain energy to lie. It's stressful, as Mike was talking about the neuroscience behind it. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we feel like we can't tell the truth? And in another article, linked to the article that Mike mentioned that we'll put in the show notes, they mentioned five types of truth telling. And when I started to dive through these and layer them onto myself and really think through what this felt like to tell these five types of truth, I got really uncomfortable. And the first one is tell the truth to yourself about yourself. And that is a huge part of my coaching is what are the lies that you're telling yourself? What are the limiting beliefs that you're telling yourself, which are lies because they're not truth with a capital T. If you want to know more about uh, limiting beliefs, go back to our prior episode. It was super juicy. We talked about the five core limiting beliefs. The second type of truth telling that we can explore is tell the truth to yourself about another. Mm. And so for me, that looks like, Mike, I'm going to keep picking on you. You know, Mike is where he is and he isn't where he isn't. And that doesn't mean he's any worse because he's not meeting my expectation. He is. Like he's showing up and doing the best he can. Rather than saying something like, Mike, shit, he's really lazy. Yep. He looks funny in his shirt. <laughs> you in the shirt. Right. Man. So just being in it, going from a place of judgment <laughs> to acceptance is what that yep. one's all about. Number three is telling the truth about yourself to another that's where like shame comes in, right? We desire and are wired to look good in front of the people that we share space with that are in our community. So what does that look like to tell a truth about yourself to another? Something that feels like it should be swept under under the rug and not allowed out. Hmm. Number four is tell the truth about another to another, aka stop gossiping. And number five is tell the truth to everyone about everything. So who are you in this world? What is your purpose? What does it look like to show up in your fullness to everyone? Well, and and I think when you talk about these five truths, Katie, not everybody knows like their purpose in there. So I guess I guess in a lot of ways, it's almost good for you to. I mean, just listening to these, I'm thinking about like you know I could see why people would lie then because these are questions that are not easy questions. Like they're not questions where you're, you know, they're not questions where it's like, what's your favorite color, Katie, or like you know, do you like vanilla or chocolate ice cream? These are not yes or no questions. These are very much like, look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself what's going on, right? And what I think is really interesting is in that study that you linked and this one here, this is what I found interesting. I think this stat makes these five truths like crazy applicable as to like why people don't do it. So only 27% of the respondents who lied to get out of work regretted it. And then 41% of them would lie again. 41% of people would lie again to get out of work and only 27% of them regretted it. And then you mentioned these five truths and you just have to wonder, and I want to ask you this and just to get your thoughts and perspective on this. It's like, if if the regret is so low and people would do it again, why would we even consider having people tell the truth in the first place? Mm. I mean, why? Like, what's the point if in this situation, when you look at this study, that people clearly at work don't really give a shit. They're kind of like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to lie to my boss. Again. That's 41%. 41%. 
That's 410 people out of a thousand. That's crazy. That's massive. But it's because the cost of lying does not outweigh the cost of going to work. So in their heads have calculated it. There's less risk, less energy consumed when you lie to get out of this, let's say going to work, than there is by telling the truth or just showing up in general and doing fulfilling on your work commitment. Mm. So in terms of our like our, the way our brains, it's it probably does conserve more energy to lie in this scenario about being sick because you don't want to go to work. Because the cost of going to work when you're feeling burnout, which we all are feeling, when we're feeling tired enough of showing up to our little home mm. offices, when we're feeling tired enough of having another goddamn Zoom call. Yeah. Like those costs are high. Yeah. So wouldn't it be nice if we could feel like we could tell the truth? But if you lie and you get caught lying, even though lying may be easier, if you lie and you get caught lying, you're going to lose your job anyway. So you're not going to even show up at all because you're done. <laughs> like you're out the door. So why do we, why are we taking the more volatile, like risky approach? One marshmallow now versus two later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. It's like, um, what's that cartoon? It's like Popeye. There was a character on Popeye. He used to go to Popeye and he would say a cheeseburger today for payment on Friday. Right. So he would always like try to get one ahead, but I don't know really where I was going with that, but it just like, I think we think we have foresight. Yeah. We think that we know the probable likely outcome of making that choice of saying that we're sick and not showing up to work. Chances are, we don't know. Like yeah. chances are we will not be called on our bullshit. And chances no. are, if someone does say like, were you actually sick? You're going to say no. But mentally, I feel I felt like shit. So I was taking a mental health day. Yeah. I was not at my best. And I think risk, too, is another thing that's really interesting. So I bet for those of you who don't know, I've become actually quite a movie buff. But here's the thing. I don't like go out and watch like new movies all the time. I generally like to rewatch my the same bucket of films only because I just there are just some damn good films out there. Like I watched Wedding Crashers the other day and I was like, this is great. But I watched, so I have HBO Max, and I watched the original Point Break as with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. I don't know if you've seen this film, mm. but if you haven't, you got, oh, it's good. It's so good. Horrible acting. The lines are just super cheesy. But You're really you selling are, me. Yeah, but you, no, but you know what the best part is? It's just, you have to watch it. It's a total like 90s action film. And it's about these, it's about this bank robbery crew called the, the ex-presidents. And there's a scene in there where Patrick Swayze is telling the other guys they almost get caught. And he was saying robbing banks was never about the money. It was just about uh, keeping the human spirit alive and upping the stakes in the game. So the reason why I use that example is, is I think in a lot of ways, people have that mentality or that approach. Like it's not really about the payoff of the lie. It's to your, to your point. It's about how far can I go? Like how far can I take this thing? And like what is the, what is the boundaries that I can push this thing to? And if possible, could I break those boundaries and go into another level? And I believe that's why people like to lie. Like, I, I think that's why people lie it's during addicting. business deals. Yeah, it's a, during business deals. They try to see how much money they can screw somebody out of. I think that's why people cheat on their partners too. Like a rush of adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, instead of expressing like their unhappiness or trying to maybe say, hey, you know, listen, babe, we got we should go to therapies together and like work on like work on our shit together and like actually put in that work. People cheat or they do or they hide some sort of maybe some sort of addiction or some sort of problem. And then they, they just keep it. Or and a keep feeling it going of numbness. Yeah. 
and they yeah, just keep it going. I think a going. lot of people feel numb in this world, especially now. Yeah. yeah. And lying is an interesting way to feel alive for five seconds. Five seconds for 20 years. And the more we lie, the better we get at it. Like it's like a muscle. Mm. Yeah. I actually dated someone that was um, a sociopath and he lied about being in the Whoa. military. He lied about where he lived. He lied about what he did for a living. He lied about literally everything. <sighs> and he would tell the stories the same stories to different people over and over again. They were so freaking compelling that when it got to the end of our relationship, when I started to realize that I was being spun up in this web of lies, I was like, I wonder if he believes these now. Like, has he created his alternate universe so in such like a compelling manner that he believes that this is the truth? Which Probably. really fucked my head, right? Because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. does he do this intentionally? I didn't know. It wasn't truth of the capital T. Did you ever question your reality when you were with him because he was lying so much? Eventually, yeah. Whoa, that's nuts. I was kind of like, am I, like, am I, am I in this? Like, where am I in this universe? Am I telling the truth? That, like, am I telling yeah. the truth? That, wow. Like, what is truth? And that, and that, and that's a question I ask myself all the time. Like, what is truth with a capital T? And I say that yeah. because there's a lot of different truths with the lowercase T, but truth is the truth. It's like the the mm. divine truth, and yeah. there are certain things that are divine truths and a lot of things that are just without meaning that we put meaning onto because as humans, we're wired to give things meaning so that we can make sense of them in our brain because our brain doesn't like uncertainty, which is the reason why we lie is to have some of that uncertainty because we can't be with what we don't know. God, that's so crazy. And and I think even just, we're getting to the end of the show and I want to tie a bow on this too, because I think it's super important that it's also like checking your surroundings specifically with who you're hanging out with too, when it comes to checking in with yourself in regards to like what is really happening right now. So there's in terms of truth and like what you're seeing, how you're seeing the world in terms of reality, a bet one of the best things to do is, is like, look at who you're hanging out with and look at what they're saying and look at what's actually happening in the moment and don't have judgment with it. Just observe, take some notes and ask yourself like, what, what is transpiring before me right now? What, what path, right. Is being created before me with all of this. Um, but Katie, that's a wild story. I didn't even know that about you. Yeah. Huh. Greatest lesson in discernment yet. Yeah. That was like the graduation from my child archetype into one of adulthood. Wow. Yeah. So lying, truth, integrity, they kind of all live in the same realm. Um, and so I challenge our listeners. So every time they feel like they want to lie is to lean into their integrity, their wholeness, their truth, and say the thing that's the most difficult, not airing out all your dirty laundry at once. So don't worry, you're not going to live a life of absolute and complete truth because that is that will create a lot of vulnerability. But can you stretch yourself 10% and tell the things that you really want to say on the foundation of truth rather than feel like you have to lie about it and not show up as your fullest and best and authentic self? Mm. Have integrity around the things that are that's challenging, good. right? Because that's what makes the best the best. They do the things that are hard when everyone else says stop. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's such a great way to tie up this episode about lying. We hope all of you have really enjoyed Katie and I's banter for the last 35 minutes slash uh, in-depth research and perspectives on this because we, we felt it was something that we needed to talk about. We've actually had some people interested and curious about lying in itself and like how that actually works. But um, in tradition, in the spirit of the show, Katie... One thing that you think people should learn from this episode. Mm. I love that this episode swirled a lot. Yeah, a lot of swirling. It was 
it was very swirly. So thank you for those that are tracking. Um, and the thing I want you to take away from this episode is get really present to the intention behind the lie. Hmm. What is your intention of lying, of saying hmm. That's good. something that isn't... I like that. Well said. I'm going to say one takeaway for everybody here in the audience is to think about who they're hanging out with, specifically when it comes to lying as well. As Katie told you that story about her dating, one of the things is, is that you know, it's okay for you to question what's being said to you or what's being said in front of you and how it's being said. So take a good look, observe, try very, very hard not to have judgment around anything at all and observe that and then check in with yourself and see if that is the path forward for you or if that is the truth that you want to believe. And think about also, I think with one thing with lying as well is that, you know, lying can be good for yourself to get to the next level or the next place in life. But as I think Katie said it beautifully, just what's your intention behind the lie? So be aware of that. Make sure things are good. And don't put yourself in a position where you know you can hurt other people. So thank you guys so much for joining and tuning into this episode of Live Your Truth Now. We are so excited that you guys spend time out of your day to listen to this episode. We will be back next week. I don't have a topic at all, but... You will find us out on social. Please follow me at Mike Ligori Writes, and then you can follow Katie at Fueling Freedom. We will see you next time. <laughs>